folks how you doing how you feeling welcome to this week's very delayed episode of search and report i am your host true fernie um i've been away for a couple of weeks because i was sick i had covid i i hopefully i'm, I'm on the clear now but yeah that shit is not fun man that shit is not fun it's 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 really draining physically um and especially like the quarantine really really put me in a in a really really bad mental space but i'm out out of quarantine i've tested negative um uh so for now i feel a lot better now um there's still some lingering effects like for example i can't smell anything i put stuff up in my nose i can't smell it it's a really weird feeling and it's really something really weird to experience um but at least i can still taste things so I know that's another uh, effect of COVID, but um, yeah. And uh, yeah, I just get really tired physically. So even though I was vaccinated, I still got sick. Thankfully, the symptoms were very mild. I just had a cough. I was congested. I had a headache, but that's pretty much it. And a little bit of a, a, a fever, but that's pretty much it. So not trying to be, I don't know why even telling people to get vaccinated is political. But this is the world that we live in today. Um, but I'm pretty sure if I wasn't vaccinated, I would have had a, a way worse time. And even with the vaccine, I already it really did have a really bad time. So y'all still stay safe. This shit is still pretty much real. It sucks that we're still going through this almost two years into this thing. But yeah, just try and be healthy and take care of people around you. But folks. Without further ado, let's get straight into uh, the section that I like to call What Have I Been Playing? I beat Metroid Dread. Um, over the past two weeks or so that it's been out, um, I played the whole game. I played it offline. I didn't play it on stream. Um, because, I don't know, I just didn't feel that Metroid Dread was a very stream-friendly game. I don't know why. Um, I think it's a, it's a very... The game that really you, you need to put all your attention into it and like i feel me playing the game and trying to entertain trying to talk trying to narrate what's going on would have really put me in a very not the, the right uh headspace to beat a game such as metroid dread so i decided to sit down enjoy it and play it on a big oled tv which is i'm sure what a lot of people are doing with their new oled switches um but it is a beautiful game i'll say that um the pros about this game um the story is very straightforward it makes it easier for newcomers to you know become fans in an instant because the game does a really good uh job of explaining the story the backstory um all the previous games up to this point um as we all know metroid right is the fifth game in the metroid series um so you don't necessarily have to play all the previous games to understand what's going on um, it helps, of course, it helps to play the older games because there's a lot of lore that you might not pick up over on your first playthrough of Metroid Dread. Um, but even the, the initial animation, the initial little uh, um, summary of events does a really good job of explaining how uh, Sam has got to where she is currently, what's going on, what are the X, uh, what are the Chozo, kind of, um, and how uh uh samus you know became to be the super powerful space bounty hunter um uh but yes uh like i said already the story is still very lore heavy 
It's filled with very rich history of the Metroid series. Um, mechanically, the controls are extremely smooth. Samus feels so good to move, uh, play around with, uh, traverse the different uh, rooms, the different levels. Feels very, very natural. Um, it just feels like a, a, she moves like a person would move, a very athletic person, of course. Um, but it just feels very fluid. The movement is very fluid, very easy to pick up. Um, it's very easy to understand what each button does. It's not very, it's, it's honestly, the controls aren't very technical. It's very straightforward. I mean, most Metroid games are like that. It's just, I think the hardest thing about any Metroid game has always been wall jumping. Um, but even that in this game is a lot easier to do, um, which I really do appreciate because, damn, I remember playing Metroid Fusion and getting so upset trying to get those wall jumps perfectly, and it is really, really hard to time those perfectly. The game is very difficult, but however, it is not unfair at all. Um, every single time that I died, uh, whether that be with an enemy, uh, whether that be with a normal enemy, or with a boss fight, it always felt like... It was me who was kind of like uh, uh, falling short. Um, maybe I wasn't following the patterns correctly. Maybe I wasn't um, using the right attacks. Maybe I wasn't being very um, aggressive. Maybe I wasn't very too defensive with my attacks. Um, maybe my movement was just bad, but it never felt unfair. Like all the fault falls on me. It never felt like, damn, like this game is really making it really unfair for me to beat this boss like no um even someone like me who is i'm, I'm self-proclaimed terrible at games i love video games but i'm pretty bad at them i accept that um still i found patterns in, in the boss fights after like the, the fifth time trying to beat a boss and like even i was able to beat uh, metroid red the art style is beautiful it is very atmospheric um i like samus's suit she looks amazing in this game it's just amazing what they did with the art style, um, like I already said, the, the movements make everything feel so smooth and flowy. I will say though, um, even though the art style is really nice and really beautiful, the Emmys, they, 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 they talk them up to be these very creepy creatures and really scary creatures. Um, I never felt afraid. If anything, I felt panic anytime I was being chased by one. But I knew where I was going to be chased by one because... They clearly say that you're about to enter an enemy controlled area. Like I would I would have I would have liked more if the doors to these enemy controlled areas weren't so uh specific or when very very characteristic. Like if they would have made them as normal rooms in, in this in this world, maybe I would have been more a little bit more scared because you just probably only hear their little like uh whistling. You'd be like, oh damn, there's an enemy close by. Instead of me like saying, okay. This door is all weird. This is an enemy control area. I'm about to more than likely going to meet an enemy. So that's the only thing I didn't like about the art, like the, the game design. And, and as far as the level design goes, um, the boss fights are engaging. They are challenging and they are actually fun to figure out because like I said, Metroid bosses are all about patterns and figuring out on your own is, is and, and then actually beating these bosses feels very very rewarding it's very fun to beat these um the length of the game i love it i love that this game is short i don't care what people say i don't care that people say like oh it's a 60 dollars game why is it only eight hours long nine hours long 10 hours long however long it took you to beat it can take you anywhere from 10 to like 15 hours if you're really 100 percent it 
But yes, I do like shorter games, man, because there's nothing worse than for me to play a long game with no purpose. They, they just extend the story to extend it. They extend um, power-ups just to extend them. Like, for example, right now, we're still playing through Red Dead Redemption 2. I started that game in December of last year. And I've put in almost 50 hours of that game. I don't even think I'm like... I'm probably like only three quarters into the game. And it's like, okay, can, can, it, can we just get through with the story, man? Like a lot of things just feel very... They, they feel dragged out just for the sake of lengthening the game. So yeah, I'm really... I, I really appreciate that the, the length of this game. It made, me, it made it feel a lot more fun to get through. It made it feel more... I don't know challenging because at the end of the game you know the rewards at the end of the game metroid games usually at the end give you a reward um and they're all based on the the length that it took you to beat um how how complete you actually went through everything did you complete did you get the items did you get um all of the uh the power-ups did you get all of the uh, uh missile tanks the energy tanks etc etc so there is a purpose to the length of the game for you to beat it under seven hours, under four hours, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, yes, this game has replayability up the ass. I'm sorry. I didn't know another descriptive. I didn't know another eject. You know what I'm saying? Let me shut up. Just, I take two weeks off, man. And it just, it, the, the talking skills just leave my body. Uh, but yeah, you can replay this game. Replayability, replayability is amazing because it's really easy to 100% this game. It's also, uh, once you beat it, spoilers, you unlock hard mode, which is something I'll talk about um, as far as accessibility. Um, you beat hard mode, so there's another uh, challenge uh, once you beat the game to actually beat the game in hard mode, hard mode and under certain circumstances you get um, some really cool prizes at the end. Um, some rewards, not prizes. Um, some of the cons of Metroid Dread, the music is lacking. It's mostly atmospheric. Um, of course, it still has some really good tunes. Like, for example, the, la the, the final boss theme is really, really nice. It's really, really cool. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, but for the most part, it's mostly atmospheric. And I understand it. It's part of the design of the game. You're in the space. You're in this alien world. Like, they're trying to build up this atmosphere where everything feels dangerous. Everything feels... Like is out to kill you and stuff so i appreciate that it still has some of the uh classic tunes from metroid um like getting the power up uh, theme um or whenever you uh, boot the game you get the the little metroid uh tune um, which i really appreciate it made me like think about all the previous games and just how amazing it made me feel to boot up a metroid game so it was a really nice I don't know little touch another con is that some of the basic enemies you know the enemies that you meet around the world um can feel a bit repetitive um there is some really there is some dynamism when it comes to the designs of some of the bosses or some of the, some of the enemies but they all boil down to the same thing like um some of them do have patterns uh, but at the same time like you you just like for example there's an ice uh area that has these little uh, floaty little fish Floating fishies, um, I don't know what to even call them, but um, they're basically just uh, variations of one of the first enemies that you meet in the game. So it, it tends to get a little bit repetitive. Uh, once you get to a certain part of the world, um, a lot of the enemies do regenerate, but they regenerate to enemies that you've already fought throughout like almost half of the game. Um, I hope I'm making sense, but I mean, there's only so much that you can 
so many enemies that you can fit in an eight-hour game in a Metroidvania, which is just Metroid. It's it's in the name. It's it's the the creator of the genre. Um, so yeah, that's I mean that's probably one of the only things that I didn't like. Um, and accessibility-wise, this is more this doesn't really apply to me, but I can see why people would uh, be upset at this. Um, accessibility wise, it can be difficult for new players to the Metroid series to really enjoy the game because it has a lack of difficulty options. There's only one difficulty and it's normal and normal is pretty harsh already. Um, and it doesn't really help that once you beat the game in normal, you unlock card mode, but there's no easy mode. Um, I know there's, you know, some accessibility issues as far as like newer fans not knowing how to play metroid games they might be discouraged because of how hard it is how technical it can be or how uh unforgiving some of the bosses might be um like i said it's not an unfair game but still i can see where people are coming from i just beat kina bridge of spirits and i'll tell you man some of those boss fights in normal mode were impossible for me so i did have to scale down the difficulty at least for one boss uh part and I was like, damn, if, if if there wasn't an easy mode, I would have probably never played this game again. I would have never finished it. And uh, you get into this whole discussion of like, well, the developers made it difficult because that's the way that Metroid games have been. That's the way it should be. That's the way it should be. That's how you enjoy a game. You know, games should be challenging. But at the same time, you also want to experience the game fully, right? Because developers want people to beat their games. They want to get the whole scope of the game. You know, they just don't release unfinished stuff they just don't release hey we only want you to play this game up to a certain point no they want you to beat the game so you get into this whole discussion of games should be easier games should have the option of an easy mode etc etc um but besides those three things music being a bit lacking basic enemies being a little bit repetitive and just a lack of difficulty options besides that there's no other cons like this to me is game of the year worthy i think this could pretty much win game of the year this year because it's it's a classic game it's it's a game that people have been waiting for oh, like almost two decades for uh, me i mean i grew up with metroid i was playing super metroid on the uh, snes i was playing metroid fusion on the game boy advance which i literally have it right next to my bed because i was trying to beat it before metroid Dread came out didn't have much, too much luck with that um but yeah it's just it's a classic game it's it's a cult classic and i can already see this game becoming a cult classic because it's just so good just so fun all i can say is that i recommend it i recommend you beat it it's a fun game um it's a really challenging game and once you beat it you i'm telling you you'll feel very rewarded but folks without further ado let's get straight into the first news item of the week and damn man i really don't think this the, the response to this should have been this out of control i feel that every time nintendo releases um a product a service it just gets blown out of out of proportion and when you really put it into perspective it's honestly not that crazy like i'm sorry man but gaming is a luxury uh it's it's a it's a, it's a rich man's luxury i don't care how you put it i don't care how you say it it is a luxury and it's, it's not a necessity okay so prices are going to be exclusive it's entertainment you know what i'm saying like jesus christ but nintendo expansion pack pricing was announced during the animal crossing direct which i'll say is amazing i'm so excited for animal crossing in the future there's a lot of great things going on there um but people weren't happy with the pricing um the nintendo switch online 
which is basically the N64 expansion and Sega Genesis expansion pack um is gonna be is gonna be going for fifty dollars a year and it releases today as you know the day of the recording which is october 25th um what this includes of course is nine i think n64 games and a variety of sega genesis games um and it also includes the dlc for animal crossing new horizons now people weren't very happy with the pricing they say it's a little bit steep um of course it is double more than double the price of what it was previously previously it was only twenty dollars a year um but like looking at perspective you're getting so many games so many games and like for fifty dollars a year and you're still also getting dlc like to me it doesn't seem too crazy because even the dlc on its own is twenty five dollars take off those twenty five dollars from the expansion pass you're basically paying $25 a year um, for this thing. Of course, they're putting the DLC as a, an incentive to say like, hey, look, this thing is actually worth it. I understand. Nintendo is a company. I don't know if you know what companies are for. They're there to make profit. They're not there to be charities. I hate to say it like that. I hate defending companies, but let's put some logic behind this whole, um, I don't know, people just, I don't know, man. I feel gamers are a little bit too spoiled nowadays, man. If you look back at just the pricing, the pricing trends uh, for gaming, it stayed pretty consistent throughout the years. Like games have been worth $60 for decades now. Like games used to be so expensive back in the day. Like you don't, I don't think you remember how much an N64 game was because probably you weren't born back then. But I remember, I remember an N64 game could be $70, $80 sometimes. Like these things were expensive and they've kept pricing pretty accessible for what it is i mean making a 20 hour game even so takes thousands hundreds upon thousands of hours of production time um thousands of thousands in dollars like it's just so expensive to make video games nowadays so to me a 50 dollar per, uh, per year price that's that comes less to like less than five dollars a month to have access to n64 games which people have been have been asking for 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 a long time ever since the nintendo switch released and as we all know emulating n64 games is pretty hard you know so even if you you know i, I don't tell i'm not telling you to go and emulate these games but if you were to go out and try to emulate n64 games you'll understand how difficult it is so us having the accessibility to these games on like at, at the touch of a button thanks to like the expansion pack i really do think it's worth it because it saves you so much time it saves you having to get a pc if you don't have a pc trying to emulate n64 games trying to emulate sega genesis games like it, 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 there's a lot of uh, variables in there that the expansion pack just puts it all into a neat package and like i said gaming is a luxury it's, it's a luxury form of entertainment it's expensive gaming is an expensive hobby it's not charity like it's not a necessity for people to survive i don't know why people think like they just like twitter went on a frenzy and like honestly it just really annoyed me just how people reacted i'm not trying to defend nintendo i'm just saying that i understand the pricing oh okay now that i got all that out of my system uh, nintendo here the virtual reports that nintendo has announced the price and release for its upcoming nintendo switch online expansion pass subscription tier which adds n64 games sega genesis games and a bundle access to the new paid animal crossing new horizons happy home paradise it'll see it'll cost 49.99 per year for an individual description or 79.99 for a shared family membership the service will officially launch on october 25th um 
of course a lot of these games uh the n64 games will have multiplayer um uh uh features you can play uh super mario kart i'm uh, super mario kart mario kart 64 you can play it online with friends you can play star fox 64 online you can play mario tennis online like this is the value that they're injecting into this expansion pack like even that to me of course worth is something very subjective but to me being able to play mario kart 64 with people online is a huge thing like it's basically gonna carry us over until we actually get the next mario kart game to me in my opinion being able to play with people online mario kart 64 is gonna be amazing like even that for me i would have gladly play, paid um uh, uh the $50 even if that was like the only multiplayer option I don't care again worth is something very subjective um of course you can also buy the Animal Crossing New Horizons DLC on its own um which is going to be $24.99 because even though you get the free DLC you get the DLC for free if you subscribe to this expansion pack if you run out your subscription you lose access to all of that um so yeah if you let the subscription run out you do lose access to the uh animal crossing new horizons dlc which i do think is a little bit you know shady like but at the same time i understand it um maybe they should have just included it as you know once you subscribe to this for once you get the dlc for free and you can access it whenever um although if you do let your subscription run you still have you still save the progress that you get on the dlc because the DLC is pretty extensive and everything that they're adding to Animal Crossing. It is my second most played game on my Switch. I don't know if you didn't know, if you knew that, but I'm almost at like 400 hours or so. At launch, the Nintendo Switch Online expansion pack service will include several of the most popular N64 games. Super Mario 64, which I don't know whether it, including it. We already got 3D All-Stars, but whatever. Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. I'm really not replaying that game. Mario Kart 64. Um, in the future, we will get uh, Banjo-Kazooie, Majora's Mask, which I'm excited for. Even though I got two copies of it right here for the N64, I'm still excited for that. Oh, and I also have it for the 3DS. I, I don't know why I'm excited for a game that I replay. It is my favorite game of all time, though. Um, we're getting Paper Mario, which is huge in my opinion. Pokemon Snap, the original one, of course. Um, and a bunch of other things like um, even the addition of games such as Banjo Kazooie is just huge for me because that means it has to get a lot of licensing. They also people are speculating that the price increase a lot has to do with uh, um, the licensing fees that they probably Nintendo had to pay, for example, to Sega to port over a lot of their games to be able to emulate them on Nintendo Switch, which I understand. Um, of course, also Banjo Kazooie. Banjo Kazooie is not a Microsoft property. Can't even imagine how much they had to pay even for Smash, for to include Benjo on Smash and to include uh, Benjo Kazooie on the N64 expansion packs, I'm sure it was a hefty, hefty price. But I am excited. I am excited to see what their uh, uh, how the system is going to be rolling out later today. Um, I might just subscribe to it. I might just get the family membership and split the price with me and my girlfriend. Um, <clears throat> even my sister. I don't know. Maybe see who wants to get be part of that deal. But I'm excited for this. I'm excited for that, and I don't care what people say. Now, for our next news item of the week, we finally got a trailer, a pretty extensive trailer on the GTA, the trilogy, and we finally got a release date for November. We got the first trailer and the screenshots. Uh, if you haven't seen this video, uh, this trailer, I recommend you go watch it. Is it's to me, I like what they did with the remaster. It's not really a remaster, but they really did uh, make it a little bit. Yeah, it is a remaster, I would say, because. 
Um, they upped the graphics, but they kind of kept the style, the art style of the PS2 game. So they still look kind of cartoony, which I appreciate. I think they should keep that um, style for these older games just because they're going to age a lot better. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for this. Um, here Nintendo Life reported, today Rockstar has shared more details on the trilogy, which was recently confirmed to be heading to Nintendo Switch, which is I'm very excited for. I'm going to be getting the physical version. A physical version for the Switch is coming um, for the thr uh, trilogy. Um, the collection will let you play Grand Theft Auto 3, Grand Theft Auto Vice City, and San Andreas with across-the-board enhancements, including new lighting and environmental upgrades, high-resolution textures, increased draw distances, Grand Theft Auto 5-style controls and targeting, and much more. The studio has shared the trilogy's first trailer and Nintendo's updated eShop listing confirms that it'll launch for the platform on the 11th of November, priced at $60. A physical Switch release also launches on the 7th of December. I will say the game is looking pretty nice. I like the art style. I really do. I think it's, it's, it's looking pretty nice. Um... I this brings so much memories of like me playing with my cousins at their house, playing a Vice City on the PC and the family PC. Like, damn, that thing could barely run that game. But I'm excited to be able to play this on the go. Um, I'm gonna see how this game looks and plays on the Switch because, of course, I think that the trailer was mostly captured on PlayStation or Xbox, if I'm being completely honest. Um, but at the same time, like Metroid Dread um super mario odyssey luigi's mansion those games look amazing on the switch um but third party games usually are a toss-up you can never you can never really expect great to that for them to forget third party games to look great but at the same time there's also been some really great um games being ported to the switch and they still look pretty nice so i'll i'll wait and see what digital foundry does uh, for this game on the switch I'm excited for that, um, and I hope it really does look good because I really I'm excited for this trilogy. I can't wait to replay these classic classic games. Okay, now for our third news item of the week, uh, this one I mean this one was expected. I didn't expect it to happen so far ahead of schedule because <laughs> usually uh, Switch games leak like two or three days or the same week that they're meant to be released uh metroid red uh leaked i think two or three days prior to the release um of of the game um but now mario party superstars which is coming out later this week uh, i think next week no yeah this week 29th uh, on friday uh mario party superstars leaked online ahead of next week's official launch um Another uh, here in Nintendo Live reports another high-profile Nintendo Switch release has been has been leaked into onto the internet nearly a week out from its launch. This time around, it's Mario Party Superstars, which officially arrives on the Switch on the 29th of October. It follows on from the leak of Metroid Raid earlier this month. If you're trying to avoid any spoilers, you might want to refrain from searching this game on social media, etc., etc. Now, it's. It's a common problem for Nintendo first, especially it's uh, to me. It's really, really surprising that first-party titles from Nintendo leak so ahead of time. Like it's become a it's become a pretty big problem. Like for Nintendo to have this sort of problem, it's it's pretty. I, I think the leakers have an inside source, obviously, uh, but to be able to get files like ahead of time 
Um, it, it, I know it's not something new, but it's just to me so surprising that Nintendo has to go through these things every single time they release a first party title. Like, it, it's it, it's interesting to me, like, the, just to think about, like, how a game leaks from, like, whenever it actually is sent to the stores ahead of time to maybe somebody, like, breaking uh, dates and, like, selling the game. Um, to like any customer like those sort of things like really interest me to see like what people actually do to the cartridges to download the game download the files kind of break the game um it's interesting to me i still don't think it's really it's a good thing to do like honestly like this is creative work and it's being not necessarily stolen but leaked and it kind of defeats the purpose of like having release dates and i don't know having launch dates and stuff but yeah if you're on the internet perpetually like I am, please be on the lookout. Watch out. These things do leak. I did see a, a animation um, for Waluigi. But at the same time, like any Waluigi news to me is just good news. So I wasn't too uh, upset about it. I don't even know if I'm going to get this game, to be honest. Mario Party games kind of lost their, their attractiveness uh, from me a long time ago. But yeah, just be on the lookout on Twitter for any images or videos and now for our final news item of the week and these are pretty sh i'm trying to keep the the search and report episodes a little bit shorter um longer formats i mean you let me know down in the comments below if you like long format long episodes um um i'm just trying to make it a little bit more digestible these videos um which i'm trying to keep to 30 minutes now that i fully on back um to uh making these videos weekly but you let me know down in the comments down below but this this is our final news item of the week you can get a shiny satian or zamazenta uh, for pokemon sword and shield if you live in the us canada and some parts of europe and some parts of asia i just got mine i actually have them you go. watching the video version on youtube they gave uh, they gave your boy this little card um and it is a card that comes with a code for a shiny seijian um you would get shiny seijian if you own the shield uh pokemon game and you would get a shiny zamazenta if you get if you have the pokemon sword game um to kind of like balance out the legendaries that come out on um um, um those respective games um but yes here are the details uh, from nintendo life the Pokemon Sword and Shield distribution allowing fans to pick up shiny versions of both Seijin and Zamazenta is now live across Europe, the US, Canada, and select parts of Asia. We have all the currently known details for you below with thanks to Serebi for compiling parts of the list and we'll make sure to update this page if we hear of any more. If you're in the US, which I am, um, you go to an in-store, you go to GameStop, depending on the game and depending on the date, you would get Seijin uh, for Shield, up until the 11th of november and you will get zamazenta from the 12th of november to the 26th if you have the sword version canada you also get it in store at gamestop uh, seijin you only get it up until the 4th of november and zamazenta will follow europe uh most of the distributions appear to be running until the 18th of november you get it uh, online in store online at the in uk ireland in Germany, Austria, and Switzerland, you get it in-store at GameStop. France, in-store and online at Micromania. Spain, game, FNAC. Italy, online at GameStop. Belgium, in-store and online. Netherlands, in-store and online. 
Denmark in store, Sweden, Norway, Finland online at Pro Shop. In Asia, you get it in store at video game stores nationwide. Malaysia, Philippines, Thailand, Singapore in store at various gaming stores. South Korea giving away as Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl pre order bonus. In Taiwan, you get it in store at 7 Eleven, which is crazy to me. Imagine going for a slushy and then you just like get a shiny Pokemon just because you went to get a slushy. That's crazy to me, but um, the, the Pokemons are level 100, which uh, I guess is cool, but it kind of defeats the purpose. Like, I feel there's a lot of fun to be had by finding Pokemon, shiny Pokemons, and kind of like leveling them up yourself. I mean, what's the point of getting a max level Pokemon like with no effort at all except driving to the store? But whatever, I got sh shiny Sajin. I'm excited. I'm happy. That's all that matters. <laughs> but folks, I've been Trifurni. I apologize for the coughing. I still have this nasty cough from COVID. Um, luckily, I'm not contagious anymore, so that's good. And by the way, I'm negative, so that's amazing. But, you know, these are just the lingering effects of COVID. It sucks. So please take care of each other. And yourself, of course. Um, if you like this video, go ahead and give it a thumbs up and subscribe. If you're watching this on the YouTube, uh, on the video version on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe. Uh, I'm trying to release back to my schedule of a, one, a weekly video. Um, that can be either the search and report or that can be a scripted video. It all depends on if there's an idea for a video because these things take time. Um, additionally, you can listen to this on the go over on Spotify. Just search for search and report. Our logo is a little Game Boy with the word search and report on top. I assure you we're the only video game podcast with the name of search and report. Additionally, you can listen to us on any other platform that you listen podcast on. If, if, if you know it, we're probably on it. <coughs> Make sure to follow me on Twitter where I spend most of my waking hours. Um, just search for True Fernie. That's where I'm interacting with people the most of the time also make sure to join our discord server where we talk anything and everything gaming anime tv movies anything that you might enjoy as my viewer the invitation to join the server is down in the link is down in the link in the description below also make sure to follow me on twitch uh, i'm gonna try and stream a lot more consistent it's really hard man it's really really hard to find the motivation sometimes to stream I'm not gonna i'm not gonna lie to you but it is what it is especially with covid man I get tired easily so yeah it's hard but yeah make sure to follow me on twitch and where your support your subscriptions are greatly greatly appreciated well folks i've been trifurni please take care of each other but most importantly take care of yourself covid is real take care of each other man this shit sucks all right peace